but you should have some type of team leader or team manager or someone that people know that they can go to for help and support. You are listening to Running Remote, a podcast about building and scaling effective distributed teams. Join us as we dive inside the minds and processes of CEOs, managers, nomads, and dynamic entrepreneurs who are building impactful businesses and organizations through this new and innovative movement. They've thrown out the traditional rules and business textbooks and are actively finding new ways of organizing their teams, driving productivity, and scaling their growth. I'm your host, Stephanie Burns. Today's episode is brought to you by Running Remote, the world's largest remote work conference held in beautiful Bali, Indonesia. Check out the speaker lineup at runningremote.com and get 20% off your conference ticket for being a Running Remote podcast listener. Simply use coupon code IRUNREMOTELY and your 20% discount is automatically applied. Thanks for listening. everyone. Welcome back to the Running Remote Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Burns. And today with me, I have a very good friend. My friend, Kate Erickson, partners with John Lee Dumas at Entrepreneurs on Fire. How are you, Kate? I'm so good. Thank you so much for inviting me on. It's super exciting to reconnect with you. It's been way too long. Way, way too long. Kate (laughs) and I have known each other for a few years and you are in beautiful Puerto Rico right now. Yeah. And so many cool people are moving down there. You guys are going to have like a community, like a compound. Okay, so when when John and I first moved to Puerto Rico, it was literally the two of us. We knew zero people. <laughs> and then we moved to this community called Palmas del Mar, which is on the southeast side of the island. And we still knew zero people. Our amazing neighbors up the hill who are literally like 82 and 83, the sweetest people in the world, took us under their wings. Now today, we are about to celebrate our three-year anniversary in Puerto Rico. And the WhatsApp group that John and I started with the two of us now has 86 people. Oh my gosh. That are there? Yes. In Palmas del Mar. Like I'm not even talking just like Puerto Rico. I'm talking about in our actual community. Like the community down here is insane. And it's something that I was honestly a little bit scared about because Stephanie, you know, we had such an incredible community in San Diego and it was scary to think about leaving that because as entrepreneurs, that community is so important. So it's definitely scary, but wow, did we hit the jackpot. That is so fun. So for everybody listening, Kate and I were in a mastermind together along with John and a few other people. And it was really fun. And San Diego really has a great startup community. And, you know, I left San Diego and you left San Diego and people are moving all over. And it really is, it started with having these hubs of startup and entrepreneurs in places like San Diego and San Francisco and Chicago and New York and stuff like that. But I'm now in Arkansas, you're in Puerto Rico. It really does not matter where you are anymore. And that's kind of why we're talking today because your business, you're able to move to Puerto Rico without a hitch. You know, business still goes on. So tell me, Kate, first of all, how was that transition moving from San Diego to Puerto Rico with your business? So the transition was was a little crazy, to be honest. So, and I don't mean that really in terms of like our consistency and all that, because John and I are incredibly lucky and have worked very hard to put very solid systems in place. So 
it wasn't necessarily like, oh my gosh, we're not keeping up with the daily podcasts and episodes aren't publishing or like we're dropping the ball. Like it wasn't that. It was just kind of all the other things that come with moving. Like, you know, we just mentioned our whole community and support system. There was kind of an interruption there and our day-to-day lives and how we were used to functioning, for lack of a better word, that all changed. So, you know, in San Diego, I'd wake up, I'd drive to the gym, I'd hit the grocery store, I'd come home, I'd work all day, I'd go for a run on the bay, I'd do meal prep, I'd do all these things that are, you know, very typical daily activities for many of us. And then I come to Puerto Rico and all of a sudden, like, I don't know which grocery store I'm supposed to go to. And I don't know where the gym is. And I don't know if there is a gym. And kind of like that, the move was more like a life interruption type of thing where it was just familiarizing ourselves with, okay, what's our new routine here? Like, what are those steps going to look like now? So systems, when you're making those moves and and you're working as location independent, you know, sometimes you also never know when you're going to have internet. Luckily, the internet in Puerto Rico is really amazing where we're at right now, but we've like set up backups for our backups (laughs) because there are a lot of power interruptions. So, you know, it's just kind of that stuff. It's, It's learning how to live in a new area. Well, I'm really happy to hear that nothing else business-wise went wonky, I guess. Um, So can you talk a little bit about some of those systems that you had in place that were really crucial? Yeah, definitely. So uh, John and I are both really big fans of what we refer to and many people refer to as batching. And Stephanie, I'm sure you're familiar. Mm -hmm. I I know it's certainly a topic that we talked a lot about in our mastermind meetups and such. But for anyone who might not be familiar with the term, it's essentially taking like tasks and doing a lot of them at the same time versus trying to break them up over the week. So because we no longer are running a daily podcast, but because we ran a daily podcast for 2000 days in a row, (laughs) I always like to use that as an example because, you know, sometimes we'll meet people at events or conferences and they'll come up and they'll go, John, how do you wake up and publish a new interview every single day? Like that must be so time consuming. And how do you have any time or energy to do anything else? And John does not wake up every morning and, you know, do a brand new interview and publish that. Our interviews for the daily podcast were scheduled sometimes 30, 60 days in advance, depending on what we had going on. Mm -hmm. So instead of John recording one episode every single day and having that go live, he spends one day recording, say, 10 episodes back to back to back to back. He batches them so that, you know, the other six days of the week can be used on other activities for the business. So that was definitely crucial because over the time that it took us to move down here, get settled, figure out internet. When we moved down here, it was literally my first time to Puerto Rico. So we landed with six suitcases and I'd never been to this island before. We stayed in an Airbnb for two months as we kind of like explored and figured out where are we going to live? And, you know, people who work remotely and who travel around a lot and who might make big moves like this, you know, are very familiar with that. One day might just purely be going and figuring out where am I going to live when my Airbnb is up? Mm -hmm. And so like making sure that those critical tasks that help our business be what it is, like publishing a daily episode. I mean, it was super important for us to have that system in place to where we were 60 days ahead when we moved so that in the midst of trying to figure out where we need to live or where we're going to live, we're not worried about whether or not a podcast episode is going live. 
I remember John talking about that in one of our meetings. I think maybe one of our meetings was a Monday night and he's, he, he mentioned that he had, I think, recorded nine episodes that day. So it was almost like he, he purposely kept it above seven so that it literally a week ahead all at all times. He could yeah. do a week of podcasts in a day. You know, that was that's brilliant. And something that I have put into my daily practice as well since that meeting, to be honest. So tell me about your team. They're obviously distributed. Where is everyone? Okay, so we've been through a couple of different like team iterations, um, meaning we've had as many as five other team members in addition to my, myself and John. And right now we have three team members in addition to myself and John. Two of them are in the Philippines and one of them's in Pakistan. And then of course, myself and John are in Puerto Rico. So we definitely are distributed about thanks to the beautiful internet. That is not a problem. <laughs> So what kinds of communication systems have you put into place since everyone is kind of scattered about, you know, when I talk to a lot of people on this podcast and everyone talks about how the need to be clearer in your communication is now so important because you don't have that face-to-face, the body Mm. language, the tone, a voice. So everything has to be much clearer. What kind of systems have you put into place to make sure clear communication is happening across all those lines? Yeah, definitely critical. I agree with that 110% because a lot can be lost in translation through email or what, however, you know, your main means of communication is. So for us, it really starts pre-hire, like having a very clear understanding everyone on the team having a very clear understanding of what each role is responsible for, making sure that that is verbalized and confirmed on the other end. Once someone is hired, this is what you are responsible for. And we will hold you accountable to this. And you know, that team member confirming that they understand that all of our training comes in the form of video tutorials. So anything that anyone on our team manages and is responsible for, they have a video tutorial from either my or John walking them through exactly how we want that thing to be accomplished. And of course, once they become like now we have team members who have been with us since the very beginning. JM has been with us since before Entrepreneurs on Fire even launched. Jess is celebrating her five-year anniversary. And I believe Tapu is celebrating his four-year anniversary coming up here pretty soon. So of course, like now that these team members have been with us for such a long time, we give them liberties in terms of, hey, this is how we trained you to do it. If you found a better way or you feel that there's a more efficient way to do it, we're all ears. So we, so we certainly leave that open to communication. So the video tutorials, I think, are really key because not only are you helping them understand exactly what you're looking for them to do, but it's something that they can refer back to time and time and time again. In terms of like daily communication, we use Skype a lot. Jess is kind of, you know, my personal VA who helps me a lot with customer service stuff. She checks in with me every single morning when she starts her shift and she sends me a recap of what she's accomplished every single night before she signs off. We also use Asana to assign tasks and communicate intraday about the status of things, you know, give due dates. We set recurring tasks to remind team members of things that might be becoming more consistent of tasks. And then we also have right now we're holding monthly team meetings. So I'll I'll jump on Skype with our entire team and just we go through one thing that they're really excited about right now, one thing that they might be struggling with right now, and this can be business or personal. And then I give them time to ask me any questions they have about anything that they're working on right now. So those are kind of like the different we have daily touch points, you know, our door, they know that our doors always open for questions. And then we jump on Skype so we can chat voice to voice once a month. 
So it's almost like tiered. Yeah. <laughs> tiered so that you tiered can communication. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> A lot of people do talk about an escalation plan too. Do you have something like that? So if this happens, communicate with me this way, or if this happens, communicate with me that way? No, you know, I I like that you brought that up because I don't think that I ever would have necessarily called that out. But our team members do know that if they need to reach us in an emergency, that it's an email with an urgent subject line, then it's a call on Skype. And then if they still haven't been able to reach us, it's through WhatsApp. So we do kind of have like a order of steps in an emergency situation. Also, like we travel sometimes where we want to be completely unplugged. And in those situations, we've created a separate and private email address that only our VAs have. And so if there's ever an emergency when we're traveling and not checking in daily, then they have access to that emergency email address to get a hold of us. <laughs> I remember you guys telling me you did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could really, you could really get unplugged. That's Really uh, you smart. know, if you go into your main inbox that it's over, it's totally <laughs> over. It's totally over. You're right. It yeah. is. So what kind of challenges have you guys faced in having a distributive team that we could learn from? In the Philippines, and it happens in Puerto Rico too, but sometimes location dependent that, you know, like I chatted, actually one of our team meetings was this morning and I was chatting with JM and she was telling me that right now the weather is so intense there right now, like it's so hot this time of year that they have electricity interruptions pretty much daily. So I would say one of the biggest challenges with a remote team who's working in areas where things like electricity or power outages really inclement weather that can like swing so crazy so quickly, which we've become quite familiar with in Puerto Rico. I have so much compassion for it now having lived through it, you know, in San Diego, where like nothing ever happens except for 68 and sunny. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't understand. What do you mean there's a storm coming? Coming through like, <laughs> but I've become much more understanding and appreciative of what it's like to go through something like that. So that would be the biggest challenge is just there are times during the day where it's like, I need you to be online and being able to understand and come to grips with the fact that sometimes that just might not be able to happen. Well, and, and that's, that's tough. Yeah, that's really tough. So what are some of the advantages that you've found beyond, you know, finding great talent, which is the given? What kind of advantages have you guys noticed that might have been kind of surprising? We have hired locally as well. And even in hiring locally, we found that we really weren't having like much face-to-face -face or in-person interaction with our employees, not for any good or bad reasons. It just kind of happened that like we're all here to accomplish something together. And as long as everyone's on the same page, there was never really the way that our business is set up. There was never really any need for us to be in person together. And I especially noticed it probably with our local team, how big of a benefit and a perk that was for them mm. that they didn't have have to go into an office or they didn't have to travel to some place. And I think that the level of appreciation and dedication that gets redirected into your job because you have the ability to work from home, I just didn't think about it before. And it totally makes sense because I feel that way being an entrepreneur now. Like I grew up corporate America all the way. I went to a nine to five job, which was
was basically more like six to six thirty because mm-hmm. I was taking the trolley and a bus and like all this travel time going to the office and then like being in uncomfortable clothes and really just wishing that I was like sitting at home, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know why that never translated for me, but I think that with a remote team, I've definitely noticed that that energy is redirected into love for the job. And I mean, I've had our VAs in the Philippines tell me some really crazy stories about what they've had to go through in the past to go to jobs like, you know, riding on buses for like two plus hours, being afraid that they're going to get robbed while they're traveling to and from work, never seeing their families because they spend literally their entire day traveling to get to a job that pays them way subpar wages. Again, the appreciation, the love, the dedication that goes into their job because they have the benefit of working from home. It's been really cool to be a part of that and to be providing that. I was just talking with someone who was thinking about opening an office in the Philippines because he has so many workers there. And they were like, please don't, please don't do that, please. Because they were saying that they can commute for upwards of three plus hours a day, which translates to almost 109 days of commute a year for people living in the Philippines. What a waste. What a waste. And and, and like, imagine how drained you are by that time. Like you Mm -hmm. finally get to work and you've already used basically all your mental and emotional (laughs) bandwidth just getting there. Like the work performance at that point is like below zero for sure. That's a huge lesson. And I think we're not doing right by the people who are working for us when we put them through those kinds of situations either. When When they don't have to. I agree. So what kinds of tools are you guys using? You said you mentioned Skype. What other tools are you all using to keep entrepreneurs on fire running? Asana is a big one. I use Asana for myself to keep myself in check. And I also use it with our team members every single day. We use ScreenFlow a lot, which is kind of like a video recording tool. And I mean, we use that again for video training for our team, but we also use it to create our online courses. So the video trainings that we have inside of our online communities are all done through ScreenFlow. So that's a really great tool. I love and am obsessed with Text Expander, which is a great productivity tool for anyone who's not familiar. It basically allows you to create shortcut keys for <laughs> words or sentences or paragraphs that you might use really often, which, you know, with our podcast episodes and with email replies and with repetitive requests that we get for, you know, whether it be being a guest on the podcast or sponsoring the podcast or submitting a guest post to the blog, we can have all those responses in Text Expander or like in a tool like Canned Responses, which really saves us a ton of time in terms of communicating and getting back to people. And I love Boomerang for Gmail is like my inbox savior. Uh, and, and they have that for like other email softwares to like Outlook. And I don't know what other email provider you would use unless it's maybe your own. But Boomerang allows you to create emails, responses, but have them send out a later time so that you don't get in that email ping pong 
effect <laughs> of like, oh, this person just replied to me. I'm going to reply right back to them because I know they're sitting at their desk and then you reply back and they reply back and you reply back and they reply back. And then it's like an hour later and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so Boomerang's great because it allows you to create a response, but send it later. And it's also really amazing for follow-up because if you're sending an email and you want to follow up with somebody, if they haven't replied, you can check a box and it will boomerang that email back to you so that you can follow up with people appropriately. So I am pretty obsessed with that tool. Well, and I think boomerang is great for what we just talked about batching, especially mm. when you're doing a podcast. And if you're 60 days ahead in your podcast, you can set up all those emails that sends out to your guests that says, hey, we've gone live. Here's the link, you know, yeah. yada, yada, yada. And then those can all be scheduled at one time too. And so I think that we don't lean on software as much as we probably should, but what sounds like you guys are, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we, we leverage it fully. <laughs> you know, so I think that there's something to be learned there that if you can batch your repetitive tasks using software, cooking with gas, yeah. what's that say? And the same with like campaigns and emails that we send out, broadcast to our email list. We use Infusionsoft. So all of that's scheduled out as well, which is great. That is great. So what kinds of things are you doing internally to create culture among your team? We weren't always doing those collective team meetings that I mentioned that now we're getting together on Skype once a month and doing them. I've even considered making them more regular with the time difference. Sometimes it could be a little bit tough, but that has certainly helped kind of build a platform where we can all feel like we're working towards something together. You know, I really try and stress on those calls, the importance of everyone's roles, but not just the roles individually how they affect each other. Mm. So, you know, when, when we think about like our process for publishing a podcast episode, every single one of our team members has some hand in that. And I think it's important for them to understand what the other hands are doing. I think it brings an appreciation for everyone's role and it allows us to cheer each other on and hold each other accountable, which I think is important. That's big for our culture. It's not just about you do this and, and it's in a silo. It's really like, why is that important to the overall goal that we're trying to reach? And I really feel like if you can communicate to your team members, like, I don't want you to just go in and schedule this post for next Friday because that's what I told you to do. Like, let me try and help you understand the importance of that post going out on Friday at that time and what that's going to be bringing to our audience and how you're going to be helping us impact and add value to our audience's lives by doing that. So I think that's a big thing is really helping your team understand the bigger picture and, and what this is all for. And then, you know, I guess I'd also say another thing is really empowering our team members to think outside the box. And, you know, it can be really easy when you're delegating things to just say, this is how we've always done it. So this is how it's done. Okay, go for it, go do it. As opposed to let me show you the way that we've been doing it. And if you have a better idea, or you have different tools that you want to use, or you have other training that you've taken that you feel would make this better, then we definitely want to hear about that. And then I would say maybe I'll, I'll list a third thing, because this has been really huge for us as well as we sign up for alerts for like different trainings and courses and webinars 
that might be going on in different areas that our virtual team members are responsible for. Like one of our virtual team members is really like our social media manager. So I subscribe to a lot of alerts to figure out like when social media trainings are happening, you know, whether that be through a company like Later is doing a webinar on best ways to leverage Instagram and really encouraging our team to be involved in like those types of trainings so that they feel like they're constantly learning as well. And I think that that really helps for just the culture of everyone kind of feeling continuously driven and excited about what we're doing, the impact that we're making and where it's taking us from a day-to-day standpoint. So essentially investing in their development. Yeah. That's great. And what other kinds of things are you doing? Do you do any, you know, some people talk about Slack channels to show pictures of their dogs and like Game of Thrones and stuff like that. (laughs) Are you doing anything like that? You know what? It's so funny. I just, like, I can't get into Slack. I've tried so many times. I just can't do it. I love that idea though. And we certainly do, you know, share personal stuff. John and I have been to the Philippines a couple of times and this is kind of the same thing, not really the same thing, but we've been to the Philippines a couple of times, both times that we've been, we've flown our team members over so that we could meet in person and hang out, which was really huge. And since then we encouraged them to meet up with each other. So our two VAs in the Philippines, they've gone on family trips together and like they'll meet up, which is really awesome. And then we always encourage like, you know, make sure you take pictures and send them to us. We also at the beginning of the year, as we came out with our journals, the Freedom Journal and the Mastery Journal, we mailed copies of those to all of our team members. So like, we'll kind of check in with everyone and see like what goal it is that they're working towards where they're at in that process. We have them send us pictures of vacations that they've been on or, you know, steps that they've taken to get closer to their goal. Like one of our VA's goals was to travel more. And so, you know, every single single day she was writing in her freedom journal about how she was going to accomplish that. And then like every week would let us know, you know, how much closer she had come to being able to take her next dream vacation. So we definitely do that. We don't have like a Slack channel where we share that stuff, but I guess I, I guess we just check in via email with stuff like that. I think it's a really great idea to have that personal connection with your team. For sure. Is there any advice that you'd like to leave with our listeners about having a remote team? Just be present for them. I'm kind of blown away when I talk to people who have remote teams and, you know, they are either surprised or confused or just not really sure how to have constant communication with their team members. And so like sometimes when I say, you you know, that our VAs check in with us daily, that we email with them often, that Skype messages are like a daily occurrence, that we chat on Skype. I really think that that's so critical that your team knows that you're there for them and that they can reach out to you if they have questions. And depending on how big your team is, maybe that person isn't you for your entire team, but you should have some type of team leader or team manager or someone that people know that that they can go to for help and support because gosh, there's nothing worse than feeling like you're just alone. And that if you run into a roadblock or you come across a struggle that you don't have someone to turn to for help. So that's been really, really big for us. And and what I would impart on others who are either growing or already working with a remote team is just be present and make sure that they know that you're there for them. Great advice. Kate, so great to talk to you today. You too. <laughs> so well, glad you, you again joined so me. much. Thank you, Kate. That's it for this episode of Running Remote. Thanks for joining us as we dive into the minds and processes of CEOs, 
managers, nomads, and dynamic entrepreneurs who are building impactful businesses and organizations through this new and innovative movement. We're a very small team behind this podcast, so if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share this episode with a friend. And definitely check us out at runningremote.com. Until next time.